meeting was much like tonight. And so we thank God. Wonderful things happen when people pray. Amen. Praise God. Either it's uh, this thing's not very loud or I don't hear myself one way or another. I don't know which way it is. It's not very loud. Is that what the... Okay, raise it up. There we go. That. If I don't hear, I just strip my voice. <laughs> if you don't hear, nothing happens. So. Praise God. We have been studying the shield of faith and due to the nature of our Wednesday night services getting out at 8 o'clock, we have chosen to divide the lesson up. If we don't finish it, we just continue teaching it the next week. And so we have continued. And it's good because I think a couple of weeks ago, Sister Alma came up after church and she said, Brother Terry, here's a, a song. I guess it was a song you wrote about the shield of faith. This was when she was facing breast cancer and dealing with that situation. That was when they told you that you had to have chemo until they found out you didn't have insurance. <laughs> and then they decided she didn't need chemo because they wasn't going to get paid. But she knew God had it. She said, I was on the battlefield fighting for my life. Satan darts were flying all around. Fear was my only companion. I could feel myself going down. Then from the sidelines came reinforcement. The king himself stepped out onto the battlefield. He said, I'll fight your battles if you will hold the shield. So I took the shield of faith and stepped forward. Immediately the enemy began to retreat. And with the shield of faith and the king right beside me, I will never know defeat. I will never no defeat. Now when Satan comes around and tells me to surrender, he said that there's just no way that I can win. I take my shield and I step right up before him. Tell him, Satan, I'd like for you to meet my friend. Now he said, if I would hold the shield, that he would fight my battles. And while he's here, I'm not about to run. And Satan, you'd better get ready to fight because the battle has just begun. I had a little uh, private time today. Tanya was gone for a while and I had the privilege of praying and walking and talking with God. And I was, I was thanking God for many things that he had done, uh, even, even some very recently. And, but but the, the prayer conversation eventually went to some things that had been on my heart and mind for some time really not anything that I hadn't talked to God before about, but was, I guess, reminding him about some things that he had spoken, some, some visions that he had given and some direction that he had given, some, 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 some hopes and dreams, I suppose, in some cases. And I began to explain to God that said, you know, Lord, I, I, you know, I still believe, 
But in all honesty, in some of these cases, in some of these situations, things look worse or, or more unaligned than they looked when, when you spoke these things to me many years ago in, in, in some cases. And I said, you know, if I'm honest about it, it, it almost becomes a stigma with these things in my mind, even in prayer, I mean, physically and, and, and even spiritually, to where you begin to, you know, even when you come to God, and I guess the devil's sitting there reminding you about what things look like and how things don't seem to be lining up, and, you know, frustration, confusion, a lot of these things begin to take shape, and after a while, as, as I said, it, it kind of forms a stigma, and it's kind of this subconscious that's going on in the back of your mind and, and it's, it's this, this, this thing that uh, if you're not careful, it begins to overshadow a lot of areas of your life in an unhealthy way. So I, I, just, I just felt like I needed to talk to God about that again. It wasn't the first time. But I, I talked to him and, and, and said my piece and all that. And, and God didn't really say anything or, or move any kind of special way at that point. But Tanya and I were eating supper. We actually don't often eat supper before church on Wednesday nights, but we did tonight. And sat down and I, I turned a sermon on while we were eating and immediately it was already in process in, in progress and immediately he began talking about that when God gets ready to bless when God gets ready to do when God gets ready to heal and and, and whatever he's whatever he needs to do whatever he's spoken he's going to do he will do it it doesn't matter where we are, where we've been, how long we've been. That, that's been a lot of my issues is, Lord, this, some of this stuff has gone on so long that the devil would try to convince you that it, it, this is how it is and your life is this way. It's not, it might change a little bit, but you're never going to break out of this and you never get completely healed of that. But he began to say, when God gets ready to do things will align. It doesn't matter what's unaligned. It doesn't matter how long it's been that way. Things will align such that God will step in and do what, what he said he would do, what needs to be done. And he began to illustrate about how that when God was talking to, or when, when Abraham was talking to God about a son, God was talking to Abraham about a nation. And, and that's often our situation. He gave other examples, but I won't go into all that. But often that, that's our situation. We're sitting here telling God about our situation, about this little thing. And God has spoken and in, I guess in some cases trying to speak about some very big things. But we, we have to have and keep the understanding, bear in mind that, that when, when God gets ready, when it's time, he, he is able, He will align the stars, He will align whatever it, it needs to come into place to do what he needs to do. I mean, after all, he's God. He can do that. It, 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 our rut is not his limitation. No matter how long we've been in these situations, no, no matter how long this stuff is going on, God is able to break that rut and align things and do what, what, he, what he said he would do. And I, 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 I wrestled with whether to share this, but I, I felt that likely others could relate. And so I, I wanted to, to offer this tonight because it administered to me today. As we mentioned in previous lessons, that that gap is where the darts of the enemy come in. It's in that space 
Brother Kelsey Griffin listed, we, we talk about the fiery darts of the enemy, and we want to know, well, what are they? Brother Kelsey Griffin listed 16 deadly D's of the devil. Number one is disappointment. We're disappointed because something didn't work out the way we thought it should. But we must remember that Romans 8 and 28 said, all things work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Remember what Sister Pam said, within the context of how it affects the body of Christ. It's not an individual thing as much as it is our place and God's place in us in the body of Christ. So what goes on in my life individually is not just about me. It's about the body. Because it affects me, it's going to affect you. If it affects you, it's going to affect me. It's going to affect the body of Christ. We know that all things work together for good to those that love God and who are called according to his purpose. The second deadly D is discouragement. David was successful, it seems like, everywhere he went. He went out chasing the enemy, but when he came home, there were there wasn't nobody home because the enemy had come in and taken his wives, his children, everything they had, captured their encampment and took them away. It got pretty dis- disappointing, discouragement uh, because they, the scripture said they spoke of stoning David. I mean, one moment they were praising him because he was such a great leader. One moment they were all running to him to go with him anywhere, and then all of a sudden, now they want to kill him. I guess they felt like it was his fault. But the enemy takes those situations, and he tries to bring discouragement. Third thing is doubt. Begin to doubt that promise, Brother Jared. It becomes that stigma. We begin to doubt that God is going to answer But if he promised, he's God. He didn't give us a clock or a calendar. He just said, I'll do it. That's enough. And the devil is the when guy. And the hasn't yet guy. Been too long guy. And he brings in, well, maybe... Did, really, did God really say that? Or maybe you just dreamed that. Though. Maybe, maybe you just thought that was God. Anybody ever heard that? Yeah. The other thing is disbelief. Yes, hath God said. That's, that's the devil's job. The fellow that could always say something good about everybody. Somebody said, well, what are you good are you going to say about the devil? He said he does a good job. He's doing his job every day. He's good at his job. He's good at being the devil. And he brings disbelief because of that space, that time. It hadn't happened yet. And so he brings disbelief. Distraction. He tries to get us distracted from our purpose, our focus. 
He tries to bring despair in our life. Peter's sinking in the sea. He's despairing for his life. But then he looks to Jesus. And Jesus lifts him up. Double-mindedness. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. We, We cannot have a maybe and a yes in the same mind. We can't have, well, this is, and maybe it's not in the same frame of mind. It either is or it ain't. And if God said it, it is. And so double-mindedness is one of those darts that the enemy hurls at us. Dishonesty. The Apostle Paul was dealing with dishonest people. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. They were dishonest in their Approach, and they were dishonest with their tongues and about their accusations toward him. There's deceit, there's dullness, there's deadness, there's decay, there's discord, defilement, and defame, and disobedience. These are the deadly deeds that the devil hurls at us. How are you going to handle those? The shield of faith. The shield of faith. You have to keep the shield up. God has given us a shield. Galatians 15 and 1 said, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. We're already over to the lesson, brother. Ron, go back into the lesson. We're at uh, Genesis 15 and 1. Proverbs 30 and 5. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to them that put their trust in Him. Psalms 18 and 30. As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler. That word buckler is shield to all those that trust in Him. 1 John 5 and 4. And whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our shield, our faith. Psalms 47 and 9, the princes of the people are gathered together, even the people of God, the God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong unto God, and he is greatly exalted. Psalms 84 and 9, behold our, O God, our shield Look upon the face of thine anointed. I want you to know that through him, we are more than conquerors. Because we have a shield of faith. If we had time tonight, we would step into the next part, which is the importance of guarding your faith. But that's for next time. Let's stand together. Our law enforcement are standing behind shields and it's not the badge that's pinned to their shirt. But in the riot situation, they stand behind a riot shield that provides protection for them. I just saw a video clip the other day of 
one of the men that was stepping out of line and one of his fellow officers reached back because the enemy was taunting and he felt inclined to pursue, get out of line and get after the enemy. But his fellow officer pulled him back. That's one of the tricks of the devil is to try to get us to separate from our brothers and our sisters and think we can go out there and fight this battle on our own. But we need one another. We need to lock our shields of faith together and move forward in the name of Jesus. Amen? My faith joining your faith, and we can make it to heaven together. Amen? Let's lift our hands and thank God. Father, we thank you tonight for the moving of your spirit, for the word we have heard today, the encouragement that comes from you, the healing that came in this house tonight, God, the answered prayers that have been experienced here tonight. We thank you for it, Lord. Now go with us, Lord, ever in your presence. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. 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 God bless you.